Welcome to Unbought and Unbothered. I'm your host, Thish. Hi guys, as the Awakening Series come to a close, I wanted to end on the value of hard work. Let's awaken and end self-determination. Let's awaken and end working hard for what we want. Not focusing on what's in the end, but focusing on the grind. Like this, this episode is for the hustlers. <laughs> um, I have the opportunity to hold space with vegan chef Chef Adair. Chef Adair is the owner of the veggie. She is currently gearing up to open the Veggie Quick Service Cafe, which is coming so soon, y'all. I am so, let me tell you, I am so excited about this. Her cinnamon rolls are bomb. Her food is so good. Like, this ain't even an ad. I'm, I'm excited. And you guys should be excited, too. Chef Adair has been featured in a variety of articles. She's been on the news. And um, most recently, she's been featured in the Veg News, which is huge. She has, her business has been listed under their Black-owned business tab. So you guys can check that out. Um, She had an article with them. She had an article with the state. Hello. And she also has been nominated one of Alabama's Entrepreneurs of the Year. Let's hope she wins. I can't think of a better person to talk to and give gems about hard work and determination than Chef Adair. Um, She started her path being an engineer, top rank in her job, and she walked away from it all to open the veggie. So I pray you guys get as much from this and learn from her because y'all, she got some gems. Adair, so glad to have you on today. Thank you for having me. Okay, so we're going to get right into it. Tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Maybe things they didn't know about you or anything you would like to share. Okay, Uh, well, uh, as you guys heard in the introduction, my name is Chef Adair Mason. Um, I'm owner of The Veggie in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, Outside of food, I, uh, before, before I was a chef, I was actually a weapon systems engineer. I have a couple of degrees in engineering. Um, also have, um, a master's that I kind of paused on in, uh, divinity as well. And so I, um, I, I love to learn. I love, um, I love to soak up information about a variety of topics. So, um, I was always interested in math and uh, problem solving, which is what led me to be an engineer. Um, I always just kind of had this natural curiosity about um, a variety of things. I was like that nerdy kid who used to read the encyclopedia for fun. (laughs) Me too. Uh, (laughs) um, I might be telling my age, like back when they used to like come around door to door and sell the encyclopedia sets. Yes. That's how I got mine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, I've always really been into learning. Um, from a uh, grew up in a really small town, uh, Sheffield, Alabama, and I uh, was valedictorian of my high school class. So I've just always been uh, a nerd. Although I say I'm a cool nerd, and I've just always loved to learn. I've just always had this hunger for uh, learning and improving and growing. And so um, even now that I have you know placed myself in this career that I really love, I still consider myself to be a student, and I'm I'm always trying to learn and just improve. Um, so so yeah, that's that's probably like one of the biggest things about me is I just really 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 love learning and just like you know picking up new information that is so awesome I did not know about the masters in divinity yes (laughs) wow like that is deep sis I had no clue yeah I um I did about about two years so you know like if I wanted to finish that degree it would probably take me about another two um or so but yeah um I really just 
really had, like I said, a lot of questions and things I kind of just wanted to resolve for myself when it came to spirituality and religion. And so I decided to um, take some courses, um, which are master's levels courses. And I did that for about a year and a half or two. Um, but of course, after making the career change and everything else, kind of put that down. But uh, yeah, it's also also an interest of mine. Yeah, that is interesting. So with the career change, what led you to become a vegan chef? Like I know um, your mom had passed and, you know, things of that. But what really drove it home for you to be like, I'm going to become a vegan chef? Well, it was really twofold. Number one, I had gone vegan um, a few years before I decided to, you know, move into this career. And I have loved how I felt ever since. Um, Before I went vegan, I had a variety of little health issues, like adult acne. I had like what, what at the time was, had been diagnosed as chronic joint pain. I had high cholesterol. I had a variety of issues, even being young in my 20s at the time. And so when I made that change, uh, finally, and went all the way vegan, I just experienced so many benefits. My acne went away. I wasn't taking, you know, uh, medicine for arthritis and joint pain. My cholesterol naturally went down. I had more energy. So I really was just passionate about veganism because of what it had done for me and then even before I decided to make a career out of cooking I was always that friend who was having like you know little theme night parties oh you guys come over for Mexican night or Italian oh wow or you know always like was entertaining and cooking for people I was always the person at work who was bringing in stuff that she had made at home for people to try and I just was just a foodie. I used to love to just try all types of food before and after I went vegan. And so I already had that love. But then, as you mentioned, when my mom passed away, you know, I knew that I wasn't happy in my job and I needed something, though, to push me out of my Mm -hmm. comfort zone. And although it's not you know, the push I necessarily wanted, it was the push I needed to be like, okay, you don't really enjoy what you're doing. So what is it that you really want to be doing so that you can actually be your best self and not be miserable every day. And the only thing I really wanted to do was to cook. It was also a way for me to connect with my mom, but just mainly a way for me to do what I was passionate about. And so really it was the benefits I experienced and just the frustration I had with being miserable at my day job and, and wanting to really change that. Wow. I don't think people really know how like eating the right food can like truly heal your body. Like you can reverse a lot of things, just eating correctly and not, you know, just throwing garbage in your body. I know that for myself. So how would you, uh, being you said all that about not liking your job and finding something that you felt like you needed to do, how would you define purpose? And do you feel like you found your purpose? So I think that purpose is an intersection of things. I know that before I started walking on this new path that I always Um, thought purpose was very one dimensional and Mm -hmm. that it was just something you were supposed to identify and just run in that one direction. But what I found was that my purpose was the intersection of the things I was passionate about and also the things I had become proficient in. And I think that's so important because I'm not saying that, you know, when you're operating in your purpose that you will just automatically feel comfortable and you'll automatically perfect everything. But I do think that it is more complicated than just pointing to something on a list. And so I was like, I was very passionate about food. I was very passionate about veganism. But at the same time, I had also become very proficient as just a home cook. I'd spent some time working with professional chefs and catering and um, food service just to kind of get my feet wet to see, is this an environment I would even want to be in every day? Um, I was also, I also had become proficient at other skills 
that I need to run a business. So in my last job, I managed a 30 person team. That was something that really prepared me to manage a staff and own a business. I managed contracts, um, you know, that were worth millions of dollars and had to oversee, you know, making sure that we were spending at the right rate and that we were spending money on the right things. Again, a very invaluable skill for a business owner. So I, um, when I talk to people about purpose or when they ask me a question like this, I always, you know, focus on the passion and proficiency because I think those two things together um, help you identify the real direction that you want to run in. I believe that. I really do. That was such a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, it, it was so good. Okay. So what would you want people to know about your journey? Like what is you feel like people don't know about Chef Adair? Like what's the one thing that you just kind of wish people knew? Um, you know, I think like with a lot of things, people see the end result and they don't consider, you know, all of the things it took for you to get there. And so for instance, right now, you know, we're about a month away from the cafe opening. And so we're doing a press run and there's articles coming out and, you know, and, and interviews like this. And so people are, are hearing about, you know, where I, the point I've arrived to right now, which is opening my first brick and mortar. They have no idea all of the things it took over the last three years to get here. So in some people's mind, they feel like, well, wow, like, I mean, this must, this sounds like it was really easy for her. She's just opening this location. But this came with a lot of hard behind the scenes work. Uh, mm-hmm. One of, one of my <laughs> hidden stories that literally nobody knows, but like two people is, um, you know, to, to give a perfect example of all the hard work behind the scenes. Um, back in 2019, I, I try to create specific goals for my business, overarching goals for my business each year. So of course, my first year in 2018, my, my goal was exposure. I need to get my name out there, let people know that my company exists, let them know what I do. And I've got to get people to try my food so that they'll come back and buy it. Um, my second year, I tried to focus on expansion. And so not only did I do events locally and do things locally, but I also started traveling throughout the region to larger markets, larger vegan markets, to make sure that my food was actually good and could stand up in those markets as well. So I was traveling to Atlanta and Nashville and Birmingham on a very regular basis and also maintaining my operations back here in Huntsville. And so there was one particular Sunday that I had just come back from Atlanta literally about 12 hours before I was preparing for the next event. And I was in a rush and I was packing up, you know, the car with all the things that we need to get to the event. And I slipped on some liquid and I busted my lip open on the cement floor. Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) Like literally like my employee that was working, like screamed. (laughs) There was like (laughs) blood everywhere. I chipped my tooth. And in spite of all of that, I cleaned my face up, I got dressed, I went in and set up at this event, and I sold out in two hours. That's the type of things where I talk about, like, where people don't understand the literal pain, sweat, tears, (laughs) you know, before going and actually presenting your product. There's so much that happens behind the scenes. Every day isn't perfect. I mean, I've had this business now for, this is the start of the fourth year. And a couple of weeks ago, I had some cinnamon rolls that weren't rising correctly and I had to remake them twice. There's so much work that happens behind the scenes to produce the products you see beautifully presented in these articles and on social media. So I want people to realize, you know, I know people hear it, but I don't think people can hear it enough that what you are seeing online and what you are seeing on social media is a final product. There is so much work that happens before that. And you have to be prepared to dig deep and do all of that behind the scenes work that leads to the pretty photos and leads to the articles and leads to the press runs. Though you can't skip the work. 
and it has to be done to actually lead to the publicity and the press and the praise that people want. Yes, ma'am. And this is exactly that answer is exactly why <laughs> you're on the awakening series. Like I wanted people <laughs> to awaken to hard work and self-determination and not letting anything get in their way like a bus that left a chip tooth most people would have went home <laughs> exactly you know most people would have went home like oh my goodness yeah i love <laughs> it i do i do so you um what can we expect from the veggie quick service cafe well, um, I'm really, really excited about our first location. Me too. Because <laughs> it's, you know, I, I keep saying it's not just my first location, but hopefully it's a blueprint for expansion. You know, when it comes to plant-based food, um, I feel like you kind of get one of two extremes. You either a kind of deal with businesses that are more in a pop-up capacity, maybe they're home-based, maybe they're food trucks. Um, maybe they're just, um, you know, chefs who are sole proprietors who just kind of sell their wares. Or you have to go sit down in a restaurant to actually get good vegan food outside of just fries or a side salad. Yeah. So what the Quick Service Cafe is going to do is it's number one going to provide a space for all things vegan. Uh, plant-based consumers don't have to worry about any cross-contamination because there's everything that's processed and cooked in our cafe is 100% vegan. There's no dairy products. There's no meat, nothing. None of that has ever touched our equipment um, or our prep space. Uh, number two, it's also a space where vegans can come and not have to sacrifice on variety and taste to be able to get the food that they want. Again, you know, most of us know as plant-based consumers that when we go to, you know, a quote-unquote regular restaurant, we usually have to settle for just some sides or yeah. fries or, you know, and even sometimes now you go to places and fry, the fries are battered and so you can't even eat the fries, um, right. you know, or, you know, you get a salad and it's just, you know, lettuce, tomato, cucumber, and balsamic vinegar. It's mm -hmm. not the level of variety and it doesn't, it doesn't reflect the variety amongst plant-based consumers. So our cafe is going to give people that variety and that familiarity with food that they've heard of before, but that just so happens to be plant-based. So we'll have a chicken sandwich. We'll have a crab cake sandwich. We'll have a shrimp po' boy. We'll have all of these different things that people are familiar with that terminology, but it's plant-based. And then the last thing that people can really expect is um, not just the cafe menu, but also the opportunity to come in and be served in a quick manner, um, especially because of COVID. People want fast options. And just in general, in our society, people are always looking for more and more convenience. Convenience will never go out of style. So when people walk into our cafe, if they don't want to order from our cafe menu, we have a grab and go cooler that they can reach in and grab a variety of items that are already ready to eat that they don't have to cook and that they don't have to prepare. So we'll have items down to small things like our signature black eyed pea salad and our signature jackfruit chicken salads, all the way up to small family sized dinner, individual prepared meals things that people can come in and get on the go, still get variety, still get great hearty food, but not have to sacrifice a lot of time for it. And you know what? You made me, y'all, she made me a banana bread, banana nut bread. And listen, I have <laughs> not had one in forever. No, I have not. I have not had one in forever. She don't even. You don't even know what it meant because I wanted one, but I didn't know like the plant based, uh, based vegan way to like even make it. Oh, I didn't gotcha. even know where to start. <laughs> so when you gave it to me, I was like Melvin, <laughs> and I was like, I think I'm gonna cry because I wanted it so bad, but I really didn't. You know, it's hard when you're. I mean, I've only been vegan a year. So it's hard when you're still trying to really find your way yes. and figure out, okay, can I eat this? Can I eat that? And, you know, with ordering from you and your meal prep, like you've helped us a lot. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so when I got the banana bread, I was like, oh, 
because I wanted it so bad. I think that's the most relatable part about your business is that it feels like home and it, it feels comfort food. You know, it feels, I don't feel like I'm eating vegan. I feel like I'm just eating banana. You know, I got lost in it. I didn't even think, oh my God, this is (laughs) vegan. I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm so glad I have this. And I think that's a big part of like your success is that you've created something that makes us all feel like home. Like your cinnamon rolls, which guys, if you guys haven't ordered, I'm going to post a link if. (laughs) <laughs> y'all need to order yeah but, and, you know like what you're saying definitely it, it hits right on the brand you know our, our official name is a, you know as a business is the veggie but our tagline is vegan comfort food and that's exactly what we try to produce we you know wanted people to not feel like they had to sacrifice to be mm-hmm. vegan and you know I know that you know, for me, it's like I mentioned earlier with me being a foodie before I went vegan, it was really important to me to still have variety um, as a vegan. And so I kind of set out when I, you know, before I started the business, just on my own vegan journey of trying to replicate all of the things I grew up on and all the yeah. things I really like to eat. And so that's what I'm trying to produce for other plant-based consumers. I want them to feel like, I can enjoy everything else that other people can enjoy too. And mm-hmm. without any compromise, without any, you know, threat of cross-contamination um, with my allergy concerns in mind, because you know, on, right. our, on our cafe menu, we have a variety of things that are soy-free, gluten-free, nut-free, so that everybody can enjoy something on our menu. And, and you're right. This has been a big part of our success is the relatability of our food Mm -hmm. um about 30 percent of our meal prep clients are not vegan but they enjoy mixing in our food with their regular diet because they don't feel like they're compromising but at the same time they get a chance to eat healthier and i believe that will continue to be the key to our success is that um those keys of variety and comfort i think will you know continue to help break down the barrier for people who aren't plant-based to try our food and it'll also Mm -hmm. draw in people who are already plant-based by giving them access to things that they can't readily get everywhere right and i think um like with your cinnamon rolls melvin didn't even he was like what is vegan cinnamon? Like, what does it even taste like? And I'm like, just taste it. <laughs> and now he's like, I will wait for the shipping. <laughs> he's like, I'll wait for it. I don't, I don't want to go. I would literally, it, you know, like what you do is helping him. You know, he had a kidney transplant. It's helping him like, you know, get into that lifestyle because he don't feel like he's giving anything up. Right, right. And yeah, so that I love it. So what is your favorite dish to make or eat? Well, like if this if the chef is making a dish, what you making? <laughs> um, so I mean, you know, I guess I have to go back to like I said, those feelings of comfort. Um I've always loved pasta, it's like one of my favorite things. And when I was growing up, uh, one of my favorite things to do was mix pasta. And so I used to love when we would go to like a buffet because I would load my plate up with spaghetti, <laughs> macaroni, bread, and a salad. That was like my little go-to thing. And so um, one of the things that I started doing a couple of years ago is I started making all different types of mac and cheese. So uh, for instance, we have like a Philly cheese mac which is like a white cheddar mac and cheese that's topped with like grilled peppers and onions and a habanero sauce. Uh, We do a cheeseburger mac that kind of puts you in the mind of like a hamburger helper that's topped with like a pickle relish. Kind of give you that cheeseburger feel. Uh, I have a uh, uh, even one that I call a mac attack, which is like super loaded with vegan chicken, avocado, pico de gallo, sour cream, so I would say that, you know, my, one of my favorite things to make is, you know, a dish like mac and cheese that I can transform over and over again, 
know, I can do a traditional baked mac and cheese. I can do one of those flavors I just named. It always makes me feel so comforted, full, and satisfied. It made me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it did. I was like, what? <laughs> Y'all, I'm ready for this cafe. Okay, so what is a risk that you're that you are happy that you took? Oh man, and it can just, be professional or personal. I mean, just the, just the risk of you know actually quitting my job. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know so many people who they have businesses, they have small businesses, but they have been too afraid to ever leave their day job. And so, you know, it, at some point, if you are really going to try to grow your business, um, especially yeah. to a point where you want it to sustain you, you know, you, you can't serve two masters, right? So you have to, right, let, gotta go all in. You, ha- you have to go all in. And, you know, with me having a bachelor's and a master's in engineering, when people heard that I was quitting my job, they were like, what, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm good. <laughs> Because I had been an engineer for 10 years at that point. I was on the fast track. I had just gotten an award from the Pentagon. Like, I was I was up and coming, you know, in my career. It wasn't like I was just kind of coasting. Like, I was a leader. I was getting awards and recognition. And so people were like, what? You know, you're going to quit this very secure job as a government employee, and you're going to start your own business and you know like people don't even like know you for food like that like what in the world but I knew that I was passionate about it I had spent a lot of time developing a business plan so I felt like I had a plan for all the things that I wanted to do and I had this kind of anchor point to keep me on track Um, I had you know spent the time you know accumulating the money um, I even took the risk of cashing out my 401k so that I could be my only investor to get started I didn't want to start out in debt um, so I just you know like just taking that risk of really believing in myself enough to say I'm gonna sacrifice all the comforts I'm used to to try this new thing um, you know, the biggest risk I ever took was just believing in myself that much. And it has definitely paid off. And I think that that is the hard part for a lot of people who want to quit their job, but, you know, are afraid to is we're, we're not, we're afraid of believing in ourselves. We're afraid that we won't be able to trust our own work ethic. Can I really do this every day? You know, we're afraid that, if we don't feel committed or motivated that, you know, that our business will die, you know, because when you're at a job, uh, maybe you can do a little less on Wednesday than you did on Thursday. Cause you're still gonna get a paycheck anyway, you know? Right. But right. I, so I think that a lot of times it's not, you know, quitting the job or, you know, necessarily, I think the fear is really believing in ourselves. And so that is the biggest risk that I've taken is believing in myself enough to just get rid of all those comforts and just go for it. And that is so, that's inspiring. That is so inspiring. (laughs) So what, what lesson was the hardest for you to learn? Um, I would say one really hard lesson um, you know, definitely in the beginning, you know, I think with any artist, with any creator, you know, you're sensitive about your stuff, you know, because you know, mm-hmm. the work that you put into it, uh, you know, the passion that you have for it. I mean, even you with your podcast, I mean, you talked about this podcast for a while before you started, you prepared for it before you launched it. And so if someone was to criticize that, you know, your first reaction is going to be a little to be a little offended because you know the work you put into it. Right. And so it was the same with me. Um, not necessarily just, you know, not necessarily from people, you know, if they didn't like my food. I mean, I was prepared for it. everybody's not going to like my food. That's fine. Right. But right. what was harder was when I entrusted people to come work for me. Um, so I, it, I looked at it as I'm entrusting you with, with portions of my baby, you know, I'm trusting you to chop up those onions or I'm trusting you to ring up those customers and do a good job or whatever it might be. 
And it hurt when people didn't take the job seriously, um, when they didn't seem to value, you know, what was happening and what was evolving. And so it hurt along the way, especially when there were times where the people who were working for me were friends that, you know, I'd given part-time jobs to, to help them out and to mutually help me out. And I felt like, well, this person knows me and they care about me. So they're going to really treat this job well. And sometimes those are the people who did the worst job. And so I just had to come to the realization that nobody was going to care about this business as much as I did. I couldn't expect them to. All All I could hold them to was their word on what they agreed to do when I hired them until that word was no longer good. And then it was time to part ways. But it was really hard in the beginning, just kind of coming to grips with people don't seem to care as much about this as I do. And, um, you know, nobody ever will. And so, you know, you have to, you know, just look at things from the right perspective, put yourself in those people's shoes. They're just looking for a job. You know, they may not be passionate about the job. They're passionate about making the money, but they may not really be passionate about the job itself. And, you know, you have to look at that in perspective and say, is that okay? In some situations, yeah, it's okay as long as the person is a good quality worker and they're honest and they, you know, they perform their duties. Um, it, everyone doesn't have to be at the same level as you. Um, but it can hurt in the beginning. And so that was something that, you know, that happened to me over time. It helped me develop some thicker skin. And now as I prepare to open the cafe, it's put me in a different mindset totally for looking for a different caliber of employee. Um, and so I, I'm glad those things happen because now it's prepared me because I know exactly the type of people I want on my team. I know the mindsets I'm looking for. And, um, I feel like I'm in a better position now to find those people, identify those people and bring them on board. Awesome. I like that. I think that's the hardest lesson for me to learn too. I think I'm still kind of learning that lesson because, you know, people, people are trash, man. (laughs) I say it all the time. I mean, I know like a problem, I, I, you know, I would say, you know, kind of in in a similar way, you know, the way I operate is that, and I've had to learn this over the years that um, just because I would treat something a certain way doesn't mean everybody's going to act like me. So I know, mm-hmm. like, for me, if I sign up for any part-time, any job, not even part, part-time, full-time, whatever it is, if I sign up and you hire me and I say I'm on board, I'm going to give that thing my all while I'm there. You know, if I'm working right. five hours that day, you've got my everything for those five hours. But everybody right. doesn't operate that way. A lot of people are used to coasting. A lot of people just want the easiest route to getting what they want, to getting that paycheck or whatever it is. And so I had to learn that I couldn't expect people to treat me the way I would treat them. And it's right. a my very dad, hard lesson. My dad used to always tell me, like, quit expecting you out of yes. other people. He yes. was like, that's why your feelings can get it hurt. And I'm like, oh, okay. I get it. Okay. <laughs> so um, I'm going to switch gears and ask you some different type of questions. What keeps you motivated? Um, honestly, the thing that keeps me motivated is, is I always say, like, I, I keep my foot on my own neck. Um, I, I make it a point, a very, very, very important point not to keep my eyes too much on other people. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. of course, in any space that you're in as a business owner or creator, you want to be aware of what's happening in your space. So you want to be aware if there are other you know, businesses popping up similar to yours, or if people are offering similar products or, you know, whatever it might be, but I never let what other people are doing influence what I already have planned because I I have a plan for myself and for my business. And so, um, I, I really make it a point not to keep my eyes on people too much and just to focus on being, as good as I was or better than I was the day before. So if I make a banging, you know, pan of pasta, then my goal is for that next pan to be just as good or better if I can make it even better. Um, And so what keeps me motivated is just the fact that 
I know that nothing is going to get me where I want to go except my own effort and my own work. So it does me no good to keep my eyes centered on other people because what they do isn't going to get me where I'm trying to go. So my biggest motivation is just the fact that, hey, I've got a plan and I want to be the best that I can be in whatever I'm doing. And so that means that I have to stay hyper-focused on myself, my effort, and what I put out. And honestly, just being as good or better as the day before is enough of a motivator for me. Girl, you almost motivated me. I'm like, what else do I need to be doing? That was awesome. So what brings you joy? Um, You know, these days, and, and I would say just in general, since I've started a business, um, I, I try to find joy um, in, what, in what I can do and in my output. And I don't say that in a selfish way. I say that in a way, as we're talking about, you know, with awakening and motivation, to keep motivating and believing in yourself. You know, it gives me joy to, you know, put in some hard work on an on order and see it come out beautifully and just think about the family that's going to enjoy it or the person who's going to enjoy it. Um, so my own work and my own output, it, 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 it makes me happy. It brings me joy to, to, to see that this beautiful pan of cinnamon rolls or this pasta or whatever it is came as a result of the hard work from my two hands. And I think it's so important as a business owner and a creator to be able to find joy inside of yourself and not outside. Because as we just mentioned, right, everybody won't like what you do. You may put all of your effort into something and somebody may still not like it. They may not listen. They may not come by it. But if you have established a way in your own life to find joy in what you do before anybody else ever sees it touches it or tastes it like that's a surefire way in my opinion to keep yourself going and you stay motivated because you're not relying on external factors to bring you satisfaction now of course owning a food business i need people to like my food so that they'll keep buying <laughs> but <laughs> well that know, we like time, it <laughs> i i also recognize that there's times where i will put everything into something and that person still won't be happy but am i right. satisfied with my effort am i satisfied with the work i put in and the intentionality that i had towards that thing and I just, I like, to, I think that's so important so that we don't get down on ourselves and that we can keep going. Yes, because joy comes from that. Absolutely. What would you say you were rooted in? Um, I would say that one thing that I've always been really rooted in is hard work. Um, and I was raised by a single mother. And I saw my mom work hard every day. My mom uh, primarily used to work production and factory type of jobs. So, you know, she worked in some difficult environments. And Mm -hmm. my mom buckled down. She did her job well. She was a model employee anywhere that she went. And she prided herself in, you know, being able to buy her house with her own money buy her car with her own money, take care of her child by herself. And so she always instilled in me the importance of hard work and being thorough. So that was always a very, very important concept in my life. I've never been afraid to work for something. And that is so important when it comes to owning a business, especially in this day and age, because you know how people are. They want that end result as fast as possible. Yes. They want to be popping. They want to be recognized. Well, why aren't why, why isn't somebody interviewing me? Well, why am is this person you know not featuring me on their page or whatever? And sometimes people want all those results when they haven't actually put in that much work. And so you cannot be afraid. Like I said earlier, you can't skip the work if you're gonna if you're gonna like do something all the way and really go all in. That includes the hard work too, and you can't skip it. If you do. I think 
it's reflected in the type of opportunities you get and the type of attention you get. Um, it's, it's attention and opportunities that aren't really going to lead you anywhere because you haven't really done the groundwork that it takes to, um, to reap those rewards. You know, like I was telling somebody the other day, um, you know, people seem to want to reap all the time. They want to be able to get something out of something all the time. But when it comes to the sewing part, they're a lot less enthusiastic. You know, they're not as excited to do the work, but the work is what gets you there. And so I think the fact that I've never been afraid to work hard, to start from the bottom. You know, when I started my business, I only had my own money. So I didn't have every bell and whistle that other businesses had, but I was not afraid to start from the ground up and work, you know, work my way up. And the result has been that my business has grown primarily by word of mouth. Um, it's really has been a community built business because, you know, people saw the hard work I was putting in. They saw me set up at farmer's markets every single week for two years. You know, they saw me unload my little sedan and setting up my tent and selling my food. And so if I had been afraid to work hard or been afraid for anybody to see me in that stage, I don't think I would be where I am right now. So being rooted in hard work and being, you know, being thorough with my work, um, I think has been like a really big key to my success. So why do you think people want to skip the hard work? Do you think it's because of social media? Because I'm a hard worker and, uh, you know, I always peep out like, you know, how people like to cut things in half Mm -hmm. and you know both of us are very type a yes (laughs) we ain't taking no shortcuts but why do you think people want to skip that hard work and skip like the grind of it all because me personally i thrive in it yes i have a hundred things going on at this current time that i have my hands in and i'm tired most of the times but it's like I thrive in, okay, I got this interview. And when I get done with this, I got to go write this paper because I want my, you know, I thrive in it. You know, it it makes me proud of Mm -hmm. myself. Like, why do you think people like tend to want to skip over the hard work and get to the reward? Do you feel like it's because it's easier or? Well, I, I do think, you know, a part of it is the influence of social media because, People are used to, I mean, think about it, you know, even when you and I were growing up, you know, there was, there was no social media. So we more times than not, we saw people do the work more than we saw the end result. Yeah. And it's the opposite these days. I mean, you can log on to Instagram, right? And you can see somebody with a whole beat face as soon as you log on. There's, you, you have no idea that it took them an hour. Or you can see somebody opening up their fifth location and you have no idea that, you know, maybe they took out a second mortgage on their house. I think that it's because it's not as glamorous and because we don't get praise for what happens behind the scenes. And a lot of people seem to need praise and mm-hmm. they need like yes they need praise they need <laughs> likes they need to they need that popularity to motivate them but as we just said you have to be motivated and joyful from within and if you don't have that you don't really have you know a long lasting combination of factors that are going to help you succeed and so i do think that people just want to kind of rush to that end result you know they see people getting the praise and they see them making the money or being mentioned or reposted and all they think is I want that well what's the fastest way I can get to that um you know it makes me think about this show that I really like um it's called search party and on search party there's a character named Elliot and he's like my favorite character on the show but there's this scene where Elliot gets this really big opportunity and he blows it. And so the, the the team is trying to come up with ways they can maybe kind of salvage this opportunity for him. And he said, you guys are not listening to me. I don't like working. I don't want to work. 
I have a lot of things I want to say in my life, but I basically just want to find the easiest way to do those things and say those things. And it's like a comical moment, but there's also so much truth in that. Truth. (laughs) Yeah, because that that reflects a lot of people's attitude. How can I get to the top? What's the quickest route to the top? What's the way to get there? And a lot of times doing the hard work is, as my boyfriend and I say, playing chess and not checkers. And so, you know, it's hard for people in this microwave society to sit down and commit long term to doing the work and wait for the praise. And I just think that's a big part of it. I just think it's, it's kind of what people are used to seeing. I think it's kind of the way our society has moved over the last few years and um, especially with younger generations, I tend to find that they feel more entitled to success. Yes. Whereas people who are, you know, a little older, we don't feel entitled to success unless we work for it. You know, now we put our hard work and then we're like, okay, no, I'll work for that promotion. I deserve that promotion. But we don't just automatically feel like we deserve things that we didn't work for. And so, yeah, I think a big part of it is is social media and just kind of, you know, like I said, just kind of how society has moved over the last few years, I think is, is a big thing. I totally agree. So I saw this question on Twitter. I've got to figure out who this person is so I can give them credit. <laughs> but I, I like the question. Um, okay. So how would you introduce your future self as if you are currently that person I want to know what what that vision of Chef Adair is. And I want to like basically manifest it for you. Let's put it in the atmosphere. And it's totally okay if you don't really have that clear, but I just kind of, I just like to hear people's answers. Um, so I don't know that I have like, you know, just kind of like a clear little elevator speech for it. But, you know, I hope that my future <laughs> self you know, it is it, being introduced as, um, you know, the owner of a vegan franchise that mm. um, is changing the way people view and eat vegan food along the East Coast. And um, because that's my vision for my businesses, I see my business being, uh, I see m- many quick cafes across the country. Um, especially across the East Coast, um, because um, there are no real real ideas like this really being uh, birthed on this side of the country, maybe on the West Coast, but not here. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I hope that I'm introducing myself as this 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 plant based franchise owner, um, this front runner in the vegan space that has been able to transform uh, not only how plant based consumers eat, but how non vegan consumers are getting their introduction to vegan food yes I like it and also you cook for Beyonce so you can take yes yes so that's on my (laughs) website I want to cook for Beyonce and you know it's not on the website but you know I would also just like to throw out there I would love to cook for Nicki Minaj too see I'm a I'm a I'm a barb so oh I I thought I I kind of figured that why some hair tweets because I wasn't sure I was like, it's so yeah, okay. I'm a proud member of the Beehive and of the Barbs, and I would love, love, love to one day cook for one or both of those women. See, I'm seconding the Beyonce thing. Like, I, you know, I'm the sous chef. I wash dishes. Listen, if I get the gig with Beyonce, I'm like, well, look, my sous chef has to come with me. So yeah, I'm gonna call you and be like, hey, this weekend you're the sous chef. (laughs) <laughs> right, uh, no fame take. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm gonna chop these onions. <laughs> I'm gonna be the best chopper ever. <laughs> That's so awesome. But you know what? I'm glad that you said that with the East Coast because honestly, I really believe that you would have that chain. You know those that franchise. Like I have never encountered or even heard of the comfort food or how you do your food like I don't know it's just so mind-blowing to me (laughs) you know like when I first figured out because 
Last time I had even heard anything about you, you were an engineer. Right. <laughs> I got introduced that you did food through RJ. He had had the uh, jackfruit rib yes. you done. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I went to school with her. <laughs> it was like, you did? I was like, well, she was a senior and I was a freshman. But yeah, I was like, I didn't know she cooked. So when I went and looked, I was like, what? And I had just like really got into like eating vegan. And I was, I told my husband, I was like, I dare it's going to change the game because <laughs> I, because it, I mean, before, you know, like when I tell people, you know, I don't eat meat. I don't, I'm a vegan. They be like, well, what do you right. eat? And I hate that question. I'm like, what do I eat? Like, look at me. I eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I really believe that you will change the idea of what a vegan is or plant-based um diet is like i i i mean you said shrimp po' boys earlier and i was thinking i didn't even know <laughs> we could do that yes absolutely <laughs> like i wrote it down and i wrote shrimp po' boy <laughs> revisit <laughs> i need to revisit that like i didn't know that was possible and I know, like, in California and stuff like that, they're really big on eating like that. Exactly. But, yeah, you and know. I mean, another reason why I really, you know, um, and I, I appreciate what you said. And I definitely hope that I am, uh, you know, a person who can help change people's view of vegan food. And I, and I feel that way, too, because of the hurdles that I saw from my mom. You know, before my mom got really sick and passed away, you know, the doctors were recommending a plant-based diet to her. But as a person who was older at that point, you know, set their ways, always been used to eating a specific way, going vegan was like super daunting for her. She was like, I I can't go vegan. Like, what would I even eat? Or like, you know, what would I buy? And there were just so many barriers at the time, too. There were some of the, um, the, food delivery services like HelloFresh and things like that were just kind of starting to get popular. Um, There was one that kind of had popped around that time called Purple Carrot that was like geared towards vegans, but you still had to stand up and cook. And it was also a lot of ingredients that you really weren't familiar with. So the average person Mm -hmm. might be like, I'm not really open to trying something I can't pronounce. (laughs) And so I always, you know, once my mom passed away, I thought about what would make it easier for somebody else's mom or grandma or aunt, you know, to get over that mental barrier and actually consider eating plant-based as like a viable option. And I felt like the number one way to do that was through familiarity and and, and introducing people to plant-based food through dishes they had already heard of. Brilliant. I don't know why nobody thought of it. I mean, I'm glad they didn't because <laughs> you did, but, you know... Like, but I do feel like there is a shift going on with plant-based eating yes. and becoming vegan. I really, I I feel like it is because I, I almost got my husband completely on the wave. So I know that it's a shift coming. I think people, um, what's the documentary? Um, what the Health, I think yes. it is. I think that I, I watched 10 minutes and I was done. Um, yeah, I think think you're right. There's a lot of, there's a lot more focus now on veganism. I mean, at one point it seemed like it was a little fad or, you know, Mm -hmm. people who were hippies or, you know, whatever, those are the people who go vegan. But I think like, like you mentioned with, with different, um, documentaries and with more people, you know, even more celebrities going vegan and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are just getting more awareness of the benefits, not only for your health, but for the environment. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I was just discussing with somebody earlier that, you know, when I was growing up, I don't remember hearing about so many food allergies, but now it seems like so many people have food allergies. And I think that's a testament to how food has evolved over the years, the increase in chemicals and, you mm-hmm. know, processed foods and things like that. And so I do think that we're kind of in an era, um, especially, you know, with COVID where people are thinking more about just their bodies and their health and things they could do to be better and, and function better. And, 
you know, one of the easiest things you can do um, is to start changing your diet and how you eat. As you mentioned earlier, you can heal so many things through changing your diet. And um, I know for me, I was a person who never wanted to be a slave to a lot of pills and medicine. And so I felt like if there's something I can do naturally to change my body and and be better, then that's what I want to do. Yeah. And that's how I got started. Like I had um, an insulin issue that like kind of went into like with my monthly cycle. And of course, we're trying to have a baby. So I told him, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give up me. And, you know, it started plant-based. And then it was like, okay, I think I'm going to be a vegan. <laughs> and then once I got into it, I felt better. My labs were better. And I told Melvin, I was like, our children are going to be vegans. They're not even going to know about this. Because I feel like had my mom had this information, because she's a, you know, she, she was, she's naturally a thin person. You know, you know, she's athletic. She doesn't have any real health issues. And I feel like had she like tapped into that, I would have never been introduced to me, you know, just because she's a nurse. She's a health freak. So, um, you know, once I saw how like my body felt, you know, I told Melvin, I was like, I don't want our kids to even, you know, they're going to see people eating meat and stuff and they're going to be like, what's going on? But the great thing now is that, I mean, vegan products have evolved so much that, I mean, your kid can you can't really else tell. Meat and they could be eating something that looks pretty similar. It just so happens to be vegan. Yeah. Because Melvin eats vegan sausage and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it now. Or I'll say until he edits his podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be like, wait. <laughs> but that's what I did. Like a couple of, um, the first like kind of ground beefish meat I tried was beyond meat and I kind of bought it and I was like I'm gonna make him a hamburger and he ate it and he couldn't really tell the difference and I was like you know that's a beyond meat burger <laughs> he was like oh no one you know so I think um I think you know that whole shift and that whole new wave I think you know everybody after us that as it evolves will be better for it. I really do. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I just in the, just in the six years that I've been vegan, I've seen vegan food evolve so much. And I think we will continue to see it evolve. You know, um, I try to stay abreast of a lot of like products. that are kind of, you know, that companies are even working on and developing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I even saw the other day, there's a, there's a company that is, uh, um, has released a vegan salmon. It literally looks just like a salmon, you know, a piece of fresh salmon um, that you can mm-hmm. buy in the store. And so companies are continuously evolving and growing. Um, you know, there's even, you know, a lot of people who have soy allergies and who for a long time, tofu was like the main substitute that a lot of people would use. But now there's tofu, quote unquote, that's made from pumpkin seeds. So people who have soy allergies don't even have to worry about uh, traditional tofu wow. and they can still enjoy that product. So there's just so much that's evolving and, and just on the horizon that for, like you mentioned, for anybody who's going plant-based, you know, at this point and in the future, there's just an array of things to mm-hmm. choose from and try and, and so that you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And there's, and there's really a way to eat vegan and not miss out on, on those things you used to eat. Yep. And they can always order from you. They can always you... order from us and come visit the Veggie Quick Service Cafe. Next month, you ain't even got to miss out. It's going to be right there. <laughs> okay. So what do you want your legacy to be? Um... I've always uh, wanted my legacy in some way to be about helping others. Um, Again, I saw my mom uh, as a single parent uh, from the time I was really, really young. I mean, maybe even a toddler. and, and, And as I grew older, my mom was always really passionate about helping people. And so even as a single parent, she would take her own hard earned money. She would go buy, um, food to make sandwiches and little snack bags and she would make food for the homeless and pass out you know lunch bags almost every week 
to homeless people in our area. Oh my goodness. Um, again, just, just with her own money and her own time, just because she wanted to do something about the problems that she was seeing. And I want to continue to be that type of person. You know, I want to be able to contribute to feeding others and creating awareness about better food. And, you know, I would love to be able to come back to, you know, my hometown and even do some special things there to benefit the community that I grew up in. So I just really want my legacy to be about, um, you know, essentially, I guess, service to others, you know, and being, being a help, you know, not just seeing things happen in my community, but trying to be part of the solution. I love it. And also, yeah, we're going to have to get back on doing something for our city. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to give you some fill in the blanks and you can just fill it however you feel. Okay. The first one is I am. Um, vegan. <laughs> that was a good one. I am most fulfilled when um, when I know I've done all I can do. My intention is to be my best self every day. Beautiful. I like it. <laughs> so where can my listeners connect with you online? So um, I have personal social pages and then we have, of course have biz, uh, social pages for the veggie. So for myself, um, I am very active on Twitter and uh, <laughs> not as much on Instagram, but my handles on both are the same at Chef Adair. Um, that's spelled A-D-Y-R-E. And then the business is active on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Eat the Veggie. And where can they order? Which, guys, I'm going to put this in the caption and the bio, but what's the website where they can order? So if you um, are local to the Huntsville, Alabama area or surrounding areas, you know, you're able to travel here then you can always, um, you can go on our website. Um, once our cafe opens, you'll of course be able to order food for pickup. Um, until that time, we are still just delivering. And so if you live in the Huntsville area or an area within a 25 mile radius of Memorial Parkway, then that means we deliver to you. So you can visit our website at www.eattheveggie.com. You can click on Let's Eat and you'll see all the options that we have available for you to order for delivery. And then if you're located elsewhere outside of our delivery area, we currently ship one product, and that is our vegan cinnamon rolls. And so you can visit that same link, same page, click on those cinnamon rolls and get them uh, shipped to you anywhere in the United States. Awesome. And the the Vegan Quick Service Cafe should be open at the beginning of March or? Yes, we are currently right now planning for March 3rd grand opening. Um, of course, sometimes things happen, you know, the delay progress, but um, that's what we're shooting for. I'll keep you guys updated. No <laughs> yeah, that's what we're working towards <laughs> um, is the March 3rd opening. Um, and so again, at that time, people will be able to come in. They'll be able to pick up items. Um, once we launch, once our cafe opens, we will also um, be be doing delivery exclusively with Grub South, and so people can also get our oh, products awesome. delivered to them as well. Wow, I did not know that. Okay, so Adair, I just wanted to first thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you, but I also want you to know that your willingness to step out on faith and just chart your own path to fulfill your dreams. Um, I admire you and I admire the way you do things with such integrity and hard work and I cannot even say enough about how much of an amazing person you are like you truly are when my days suck y'all she helps me out a lot <laughs> mostly because but, I'm also very silly and I make her laugh <laughs> yes that too but I think it takes a lot of guts to do what you did I don't know a lot of people that would leave you know their day job to follow their dreams but you did and look what you've done with it you know and this is only the start and 
look how much you've accomplished. And I think that is something you should be proud of. And that is something you, you know, that a lot of people can learn from. And I just think the world of you. I think you're dope. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that is why you're unbothered and unbothered. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for having me. And, and I hope that something I've said um, you know, also helps and motivates someone else. I think you did. <laughs> Hey guys, don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button on the podcast if you liked it. Leave any comments and anything you would like to share. Bye guys!